Oh my gosh. Hello? Hello. Oh my gosh. How do you feel for Seal? I feel tired for I feel. Girl, me too. And I didn't do anything today, so I shouldn't feel tired, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Happy Leap Day. Yes. Happy Leap Day to you, too. Obviously, we're recording this on Saturday. Fun fact, I was actually supposed to be born on Leap Day, but you know how I am. I like to be early. I like <laughs> to, you know, be antsy. So I was not born on Leap Day. And if I was, I would be turning five this year, which is like my emotional age. So we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gosh. Yes. Oh, amazing. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So I guess if we want to start off with news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to, you want to take, take that? Sure. So basically there have, so starting on the 27th, there were a couple of um, reports that came out from the Seattle Times and from ABC News. Or <laughs> news. Wow. No. Um saying that the feds rejected um, the removal of the four lower Snake River dams in a key report. Um, And when you go through and read the article, at least the ones from the Seattle Times, to me it felt a bit sporadic and wasn't totally, like, clear. I think that the title is a bit misleading. Um, But essentially, basically, like, what they were saying is is the feds don't want to take it down, which that's pretty much what we've known. Um, This really isn't news. Essentially, what's going on is there's an EV being done, like, this year, um, and they're working with NOAA because the Chinook salmon are endangered as well, and essentially, they're trying to work with them to figure out, like, if the dams need to go down. Um, so, back in, I believe, like, 2000, I have the article right in front of me, um, yeah, in 2000, there was, like, NOAA did... Like, they essentially called for the breaching of the dams, um, and so that was literally 20 years ago, and um, I have a feeling that they're going to call for it again, because when we look at every invent- environmental valuation, with the exception of the ones that are done um, by, like, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, it essentially says to take them down, um, but they've put $18 billion into spending on um, restoring the salmon. It's not working, so um, are we shocked? No. But essentially, kind of like that's what's going on. Also, the march for the dams. Um, when you guys listen to it, it'll have start. It'll be. It starts on Sunday, so it'll be day number two. Um, which update? I will not be making it because my little crusty croissant needs me, um, and she's doing a lot better. For those of you who are curious, um, but yeah, she, she's all funky and stuff. But we're we're here cheering you guys on. So. As far as news right now, that's what's going on. Um, there is a report that you guys can go and comment on, and it's open from February 28th um, through April 13th, and essentially you can tell policymakers how you feel. So we'll be sure to post a link for that on all of our social media and, like, um, on our website. The website might take a couple days for me to get that up there just because i got to reformat some things. But, yeah, so that's essentially what's going on there. Ellie, do you have anything to add? Nope, that's pretty comprehensive. I, I did already post the, um, I think it's the link to the comment period on Facebook. I have not done it to Instagram yet, but it's up there. So Yeah. I mean, we could even just put that as the link that's in our bio for until it's closed because I feel like that's more important. So we might yeah. do that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. Right now it's a time for action. We've done a whole lot of studying for a long time, like, 
as you can see, Noah, these the, the dance people have been wanting them to come down for the last 20 years. And a lot of like the excuses are, well, there's just a lot of things that are not rooted in fact. When we're looking at statistics, we ask that you check out the environmental evaluations, things produced by the University of Washington, Center for Whale Research, et cetera. Please check out our um, website because there are resources on there. I have linked what I personally feel are like the, the best um, places to find information that are the most accurate, the most unbiased, um, so and have like a really high level of expertise. So I definitely would recommend checking that out if you want to learn more. Um, but yeah, this, there's a whole lot of like false information going around right now. And like, we just need to, to get rerooted in the truth. And, um, it's like now's the time for action and the March for the Dam couldn't come at a more perfect time because, you know, this like valuation is going out and we, we need people to, to come through So do what you can. If you can't make it to the dams at the very least, please write a comment to them. Just telling them why, if you don't really know what to say, feel free to ask us. We'll help you formulate something. Um, or you, I would recommend checking out Co-Extinction's Instagram because um, they've got a lot of information on there. And um, so Gloria is the one that runs that, and she like uh, she's got a lot of information and a lot of the good things you can say. So, yeah. Speaking of which, you did an interview with her this week. Yes. Um, tell me, tell me how that went. That was awesome. She's probably like one of the most inspiring people that I've met so far. She just clearly lights up and has such an amazing passion for this. She's not like from here. She's from France. Um, and she's out here just like doing this work and organizing things. And like, she, like she's willing to speak the truth and like, that's what we need. We need people to call to action, but also like she's straight up about like, I love that. I was like, what have you learned? And she was like, well, I really didn't know that much about orcas. And then now I do. And like, you know, so she's like sharing her journey of learning, which I love and I find super inspiring. Um, but I love that she's getting this march together and I'm, you know, I'm sad that I don't get to go be a part of it, but like, I, I think that she's going to be successful, you know? So yeah. it was really good. Um, totally support her mission, totally support her field. Yeah. So that's awesome. What did you think of the interview? I actually hadn't gotten a chance to read it. I listened to it. I was going to do it tomorrow when I went to work, but right. <laughs> like but I we're, do. Yes. But scheduling and life, it happens just right at us all the time. Um, but yeah, we, we had a conversation like often like too, that was like really positive as well, just about things that go on in this field. And, you know, she really has a lot of the same values and I hadn't seen her documentary really, or the, the reason that I, that I figured out who she was was because of the dance. I was like, all right, who's in charge of this, you know? Um, and then I reached out and contacted her and saw that she was doing stuff, but she really resonated. Like she has all the same values that we do of like, get rid of ego and like, like that was one of the first things she said. And I was like, yes. And I just, it makes me feel like our collective is stronger. Like the fact that her and I have not really seen each other's work and we're on the same page. It just like, to me, it just like, like there's like a certain sense of like unity and just like feeling mm -hmm. strong in that, that kind of came out of that. So that was really positive. Um, but she's on the same page with a lot of things. Like we got to get rid of ego. We got to get rid of just like, things that are false and like we we need to just stand up and do what's right and it's like it's just time you know yeah, so, okay. yeah it was a it was a positive experience and we just gotta like it's a call to action and right now I'm noticing a theme just kind of like universally oh can you guys hear that that's our crusty croissant she's barking. Get her. She is yeah. so she says hello yes 
So now you guys know she's alive and well. Um, but yeah, now the call to action. And here's the thing about that too that I want to add is like, we got to go out there and plant seeds. I really feel like, you know, there's a lot of seeds that I've planted in the past. I've seen them kind of come to fruition now when I didn't think that those seeds were going to come to fruition. And so if we just go all out there and we all plant a bunch of seeds, even if the dams don't go down this year, which is what we're pushing for, that's what we want. That's what we want those comments for. Um, let's plant seeds. Go continue to inspire people. Go get other people to care. Like, this is a big movement. And if we can start with the orcas, we can save the orcas, we can move on to other species. You know, we can save the salmon. So, um, yeah, there's that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, today's topic, yeah. since we are here, uh, yeah. I... I was reading up a little bit on beaked whales recently. Yeah. They don't really get talked about a whole lot, and people don't really know what they are. Um, beaked whales are this, like, this family of whales, and they're largely predominantly offshore whales, so we actually really don't know a whole lot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very difficult to observe, and so much so that, you know, it, right now what we have classified them into is six uh, genera and 20 species, but that's so fluid because all, what we know of them is so fluid and elusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's 20 described species. Um, as their name suggests, they're beaked. Um, they are really cool because since they need to be super hydrodynamic, they've evolved to have these kind of depressions in their body wall. They call them flipper, uh, flipper pockets. So when they want to go really fast, they tuck their pockets into their body, into these weird little depressions in their body walls. Wow. The deep drag. Yeah, they're super cool. They also, most species have two, uh, one pair of teeth on the bottom, and it's only the adult males, which they use to um, be aggressive with each other. Wow. Um, nobody knows why they're being aggressive with each other, whether it's for female or territory. Like I said, we don't really know a whole lot about them. But, yeah, females and adolescents are toothless. And the one exception to that uh, is shepherd-beaked whales, and they have the two bottom teeth, and then they've got, like, 27 pairs of smaller teeth. Wow. Yeah. And do we yeah, know what the two bottom teeth are for? Uh, they, they usually come up uh, as tusks, and it's, like I said, they're, they're used for, um, for, for using aggression. Or, Interesting. Yeah. Um, we don't know why they're aggressive. The, the, 20, huh. the 27 pairs of teeth in the shepherd's beak whales, I don't think we know what they're for. Um, because how beaked whales feed is they suck up their food. They suck up fish and just swallow it whole. Amazing. Yeah. Um, if you've ever heard of beaked whales, you've usually heard of Cuvier's beaked whales, which mm-hmm. made a lot of news in 2014. Um, because the Cuvier's beaked whale... Um, had the deepest whale dive on record of any species of whale uh, at 9,874 feet. Jeez. Did it, did it say how long they held their breath for? Uh, I didn't, I did not see that. No. Okay. Just cause um, I, like if to go that deep, you really got to hold your breath. Like geez yeah. Louise. Yeah. Um, I do believe these whales are capable of staying underwater at the longest rates. I just don't have numbers on them. That would make sense. Um, yeah. They're really wow. they're, Cuvier's beaked whales are also cosmopolitan. So they are the most 
predominant species that we know of. They're the most well-studied of the beaked whales. I like um, that. Yeah. Wow. And then the largest species is Baird's beak whale at mm-hmm. 42 feet in length, and that was a female that was measured. And then the smallest is a pygmy beak whale at 15 yeah. feet. Wow. Um, and are they found in all the world's oceans? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, cool. Some, and just because we don't know a whole lot about them, some, most of them are found, I think, at least in the Pacific. Some are found in the Indian Ocean. Um, I cool. Remember, I think there were a couple that were, could be found in the Atlantic. Um, they are not, they're, they're pretty temperate, temperate and tropical animals. They, they're not usually found in like Arctic or Antarctic regions. Okay. Cool. cool. Um, some species, I think a couple species live into their eighties. Um, but again, we, there's some, some are so seldomly recorded that we don't know enough to estimate their lifespan. Right. For sure. Um, and then, uh, they, when we do find them or when they are found, they're usually found by Japanese whaling uh, expeditions. Okay. So it's, it's, it's uh, very likely that their conservation and their population size is affected by uh, the Japanese whaling enterprises. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also in news, um, there was a ban in China on um, capturing, I believe it was like wild dolphins and whales for either consumption or captivity. Let me double check. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just reading a book, too, about, um, like, the history of, of Monterey Bay, and, like, the native people here used to, like, eat some of the whales, and, and I mean, the whaling mostly came from uh, from Europeans, but it's interesting to see what kind of animals people eat and don't eat, but cool. What else do you have for us about beach whales? Females tend to be the bigger, 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 bigger specimens than the males. Um, we usually sure. find that in most whale species, however, right. um, just because larger females mean better protection for their babies. Right. Um, let's see. Um, but in the smaller species, they're really, really pretty similar. There's very rarely any kind of sexual dimorphism. I think shepherd's beaked whales had some uh, sexual dimorphism. Just in color, the males tend to be darker. Most of them, they're they're pretty pretty similar between the genders. Yeah. Um, we do know that they're aggressive with each other. Just going back to the whole tusks thing, mm-hmm. um, because they quite often are covered uh, in rake marks, and it's a very specific rake mark. Like if you ever see like on killer whales, you'll see like several rake marks together. Some mm-hmm. of the rake marks. On beak whales uh, are like two two parallel lines together. Although it has been documented uh, that um, killer whales will sometimes prey on beak whales as well. Mm. With the strong Yes. Hmm. It's interesting to me. So, are the rakes? Do we know if they're like if it's something that's not? Well, obviously, it's the, the whales doing it to each other, right? Yes. Huh. Yes. You know, I'm very curious as to 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 why that behavior occurs, um, and maybe. Oh, you know what? You know what it might be? There might be a correlation between deep diving animals and rakes because Rizzo's have all those rakes on them too, and they're deep diving as well. Oh. I wonder if that has something to do with it, if there's something that they're doing down there and that they need to rake each other for that reason. Because for me, in my understanding of whales and dolphins in general, I mean, I think bottlenose dolphins are assholes, honestly, but like (laughs) um, most like, it seems like there's a lot of, like, charismatic 
sort of personalities, at least in the larger animals. Um, I mean, we obviously there's so much to study. We don't know as far as like the personality of each species, but you know, um, they're typically not a species that is known. Like a lot of whales and dolphins don't necessarily turn on one another. So I wonder if there's some sort of benefit to that, or maybe if down there it's just like a survival thing. Like it's like you know they're out for themselves. Did it say anything about how they like group socially? I mean, I know we don't know a lot about them. They're by themselves or in groups of no more than seven. Okay. They're okay. Pretty, they're pretty, pretty isolated, I guess. Okay. Compared so to like, yeah, yeah. All right. So potentially it could be like an aggressive survival type of tactic. Yeah. Interesting. We yeah. should study that more. Um, that's awesome. Um, so I did find that article about um, the new law that was put in place in China. So essentially, there's like a, whoever China's top political body is approved a decision on Monday, um, that was last Monday, to ban the consumption and illegal trade of wild animals. Um, some, and I think it sounds like it stems from the whole coronavirus going around. Mm. Um, like basically it seems like they're doing it to ensure that like, you know, um, people aren't, aren't getting and spreading diseases. That's fine. Whatever your motivation is, that's great. Whatever, like as long as we're banning this. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually coronavirus is a zoonotic, so it is transferable from humans to animals and back. So, um, I yeah. do believe there was a recorded instance here in the United States of a person's dog having contracted it Okay. Um, in the last couple of days, I think I was reading. So that's yeah. rough. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, that certainly is scary. Um, yeah, but I mean, I heard, so I was talking to my friend who's in Indonesia about the coronavirus, because obviously I was worried about him being in Asia and whatnot. Um, but he said that only like 2% of people are dying from it. So obviously, once again, the news is like making a big deal out of things. Yeah. Like, really, I can't stress this enough. Like, when you're consuming media, really be mindful about who is producing it, who funds it, where this is coming from. And like, obviously, like, education is not super accessible, but like, there, you know, people with PhDs and like that are at accredited like universities and things like that, like scientists, like people that are out there making discoveries, those are the people you should trust, not like somebody who, you know, who has an opinion because they have a truck or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely just be mindful of, of who you're listening to, take things with a grain of salt, fact check. Um, I don't think that, that any of the major news um, stations like CNN, Fox, any of them. I don't like the only one that I really trust pretty wholeheartedly or that I think is the most like well-rounded is the BBC personally. Um, but when you're on CNN, Fox News, literally any big of the, like any of those major news things, please fact check because a lot of times like these news reporters, they don't like they, like they know how to report the news, but like, I don't know that there's a, a ton of training that goes into fi like finding accurate facts. And I don't know that the motivation behind spreading the news is to spread accurate facts these days anyways. So, yep. So. Absolutely. Yes. Come um, on inside. Come in and actually, and actually, it sounds like kids are actually really resistant to it. So younger, younger children, well, not younger, younger children, but children in general 
Um, it tends to be the fatalities mostly correlate with people with hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes. Those seem to be the real risk factors from what I from what I've read up. So, are we talking about the coronavirus? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. True. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm honestly not very well-versed in the coronavirus. I know that it's, like, affecting a lot of people in Asia and that there's a lot of hospitals being built and things like that. So hopefully they'll be fine over there. But vaccines are important. Is there even a vaccine for the coronavirus? Coronavirus, uh, or the coronavirus that is we've been talking about in the news is a type of coronavirus. And actually the common cold is also a type of coronavirus too. So those, those kind of viruses are really hard to uh, develop vaccines for. Fortunately for the uh, COVID-19 strain that we're seeing, Mm -hmm. um, they're actually really confident they're going to have a vaccine within the year, which is crazy to me because it usually takes about 20, 20, 15 or 20 years to develop vaccines. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. You know, technology is progressing a lot. I had a conversation today with somebody who um, is, like, basically getting their Ph.D. in, like, satellite communication. And, like, I really feel like with how rapidly technology has advanced, like, there's so many things that we can do um, and so many things we can understand, too. So, great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. so yesterday I was not out on the boat. However, my coworker was out on the boat and he posted some photos on Sanctuary Cruises Facebook page um, that they saw humpback whales who breached about a hundred times and they noticed that it had some like scarring on it. Um, and at a closer look, they could see that this whale was entangled. Um, this is not like the first whale to be entangled in the Monterey Bay and um, I do just want to bring this issue up because I'm starting to notice we, we've had, like, you know, um, some traction in people that are listening. And there's people that are listening that are not whale people now, which I'm super excited about. But um, I do just want to kind of tell people, highlight a little bit about the issues of monofilament, um, which essentially is just marine debris. So um, it looks like this whale had a fishing line on it. And a lot of times, like, you know, whales are very tactile animals. They're curious. Or, like, you know, they may go investigate trash. A lot of animals eat trash, um, too. But, you know, when you live near a coastal area, trash tends to get in the ocean, and it can devastate marine life. Um, I know we do want to keep these episodes a little bit lighter and, like, you know, not like, oh, my God, everything is dying. Like, it is, but, like, we can fix it, fam. Like, there's hope, I promise you. Like, I, I really do feel confidently in that just based on how many people, like, that we've met along this journey and how many dedicated people are out there. The world is better than we think it is, but just so you guys know, it's super important to properly dispose of your trash and like obviously reduce, reuse, recycle. But the best thing that you can really do is just like eliminate um, like anything disposable, really, especially things that are not, um, that don't decompose quickly. So yeah, absolutely. I hundred percent agree with that. And that's a good Mm -hmm. thing to bring up. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there are there are classes too if you guys are ever interested. Um, I don't remember who does it if it's U.S. Fish and Wildlife or if it's NOAA, but there are programs in which you can become kind of a, a first on the scene responder to entangled whales. Um, there are different levels. There's like a level one where you just you just learn how to how to. Spot the whole thing and then figure out who to call and how, what the protocol is. 
Um, but there, I think it goes up to level, level five. So if you guys are ever interested in that sort of thing, that's definitely a worthy, um, worthy endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the the things about entangled animals, a lot of times you'll see is like people, if they see a whale or dolphin that has um, beached itself, oftentimes we will try to push it back in the water, which like we appreciate that effort and that thought because it's kind and, and it makes sense. However, if an animal has beached itself, there's usually a reason. Um, so the best thing to do is figure out who the proper person is to call. Um, you are not legally supposed to touch marine mammals. Um, however, if you are given the proper authorization, once you contact those people, they may advise you to um, put like a wet towel or a wet sheet over top of the animal because they do sunburn um, and just like make sure that they're able to breathe. Keeping the animal wet and like breathing is great. Um, but I know when I worked at Marine or at Clearwater Marine Aquarium, they had an ambulance for um, like injured animals. And in the back, the way that they had it set up was like, there was like a foam pad back there that they would set the animal on. And then they had like sprayers so that they could be spraying down the animal because you don't want to stick the animal in a pool of water, um, especially if it's a mammal because it could ground. So cool. cool. Yeah. So definitely go out, make an effort and do all the things, save all the whales, save all the animals. Mm. Ellie, are you getting so excited for your whale season to start up again? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited to move to San Juan and experience a new island and a new company. And I think this is going to be a great summer. So. Yeah, I think so too. We're, Last we're, summer was probably the funnest summer of my life, mostly because Ellie was working with me um, and whales. That's the ideal combination. So, yeah, we're actually starting to get gray whales back up here again. So, nice. Been spotted up here. Um, the transients have been around. Um, I think we had 137A and his family up here last week with the T99s, and he's the one last summer who had the big, um, big gash in his peduncle, um, and he looks a lot better. He's a lot more energetic. We're really, yeah. really glad to see that he's improved. So much um, for Yeah. Um, so, are you ready for a gram on the gram? Oh yes. Gram on the gram. I just wanted to highlight an Orcas Island uh, institution, Sea Doc Society. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff up here, a lot of research, um, but they've got a lot of informative uh, and really cool videos on Instagram. Um, so if you're ever interested in learning more about the Salish Sea or if you're ever interested in just seeing what they do up here, their Instagram is a wealth of knowledge. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Sea Dog is awesome. Also, like, I think, like, once a month they put on um, free environmental films. Yeah, which are awesome to check out. The first Wednesday of each month, I'm going to this one, actually, at, at the Seaview Theater. Uh, they're doing a, a video about tufted puffins. My mom's going to be up here. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yep. Wow. That's, like, that's the ideal evening, watching a documentary about puffins with Ellie's mom. Like, <laughs> I'm quite jealous, I have to say. <laughs> um, Nice. Well, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us, Sam. Thanks for the questions. I know that, you know, maybe these corpuses haven't been as lighthearted the last couple of times because we're just like really out here pushing people to call to action. But, you know, yes, we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you sharing this um, because our goal is just to get as much information out there as possible to as many people so that they can care too. So thank you for all your support. 
Um, and we will talk to you on Friday. Yep. Thanks okay. for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.